Well, I'm back. And uh, that break that I was talking about earlier, it's still going on and uh, it's not a break anymore. And I started talking a little bit about that there were lots of options for kids. So, you know, you shouldn't force them to go to the regular, you know, giant school because it works for some kids and not for others. At any rate, uh, well, yeah. So I'm living one of those options right now. And um, so I said before this is fiction, uh, but it's based on my experiences. So, you know, there's some things that obviously I've done, but they shouldn't relate to anybody in particular. If they do, sorry. They're not meant to. All right. My dog is laying on me right now and breathing on me. He's getting older these days. Oh, no. Now he's like, forget it. I'm getting up. Because you keep moving and bothering me. and I can't get comfortable. He's an old dog. Okay, so I'm losing track. So living this this, uh, other option besides public school... It's still public school, but now it's online learning, and uh, online learning. Yeah, you put your paw right there. Okay, you're good. All right, you're not comfy. I move, and you can just you you can just lay down. We'll see. You just lay down right there. You lay down. You lay down right there. Yeah, you just have that spot because you know what? You're. I know you're old, and there we go. Okay. I saying again? Oh, yeah. New option. Other options. It's online learning. Did I say that? (laughs) And, you know, there's a reason why I didn't go into online learning. Uh, Well, I mean, as a teacher, because uh, if I have to open one more tab... To try and figure out, A, where are the children? I don't know because I can't see them, nor can I find them in all these tabs. Okay, the other thing is is that the classrooms that, you know, the district uh, puts your classes all into the, the thing, the ether, the net, the whatever it is, the cloud, I don't know. And none of those classes, like there's not names on them, really. There's numbers. And and those numbers don't make any sense to me, right? And I can't just turn to one of my friends. We talked about that. It's very important uh, where kids become self-sufficient and they turn to one of their friends and ask them a question. I can't do that. I have to um, text somebody. You know, but they're at home, right? I mean, they're not really at work. I'm at home. Not really, not really at work. I mean, you are, but you're not. So then, you see, I've always had this boundary between work and home, right? It's, there's a boundary. So you don't just call people at home. I mean, I don't know. You just don't do it. They're coworkers. It's, there's a boundary. Anyhow, so that means I've got to figure it out myself, or 
I have to email somebody who's supposed to know, like an IT person. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, anytime um, you talk to an IT person, you know, you know exactly what they're thinking. So, you know, it makes it so that you don't really want to do it at all. Like, you just, you just do not want to hit send to the IT info department. Because they sit there, they get that, you know, little ticket thing, and they're just like, oh, come on. Um, they're sure that you are either ancient, which, you know, Okay. Or you just don't get it. And how could you not get it? It's such a simple, simple, simple thing. You know, you just open five tabs, copy this, move that, make that into a, a link. I don't know how many times I hear people say, well, I can't see the link. The link won't work. They don't say it. I mean, they write it. There is no link. I can't find the link. It won't work. Well, I used a nickname. Well, what's a nickname? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that that's what they said to do, and then then you get in, and then I get to see a student, and you know, a child shows up in the ether. Yeah. And of course, you know, you as a teacher. Uh, who's used to seeing your clients in their natural habitat, their natural school habitat, not their natural home habitat. Uh, Of course, you know, some of them are embarrassed and they don't want to show themselves because their rooms or whatever. And then some of them want to show me everything that's in their room. Please don't show me under the bed. Nope. No. Oh. Oh, no, that's right. That's where you keep, okay, no, okay. We're good. Let's uh, move on. Show me your favorite uh, object again, whatever it is. Great. I'll show you mine. It's on the wall. Oh, I didn't put it up yet. Never mind, it's not on the wall. Uh, I, uh, it, well, here, I found something. It's a music box. Mm-hmm. This will work. So, yeah, consistently improvising. It's all, in, it really is an improv show. <laughs> it is. Well, for some of us, it's an improv show. I mean, it's, it's really not supposed to be an improv show. M- most of the time. M- most of the time, it's supposed to be a, <laughs> a scientific show. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See? Data-driven, transparent, scientific show. Every day. That is uh, um, well, let's see, that is uh, well, research-based, data-driven, Mm-hmm. Uh, scientific show because t- 
teaching's not an art, it's all in the numbers, it's what you see. You know, it's either yes, you can tie your shoe, or no, you cannot tie your shoe. Now, if you don't tie your shoes, you can still walk around, you can still run around. And you might even get lucky and not step on your lace. And of course, there are not a lot of shoes now for kids with lace. But anyway, if you had laces, laces, anyhow, you know, you might get lucky and not step on it and go tumbling to the ground. You might not. I don't know what the odds are. So. Now, if you tie your shoes, you're not going to step on your laces and fall down. But you know what you might do? You might just run into a pole. (laughs) Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen kids do that. And they don't get hurt, but, you know, for the most part, uh, they don't. Actually, I've never seen one get hurt. but, But they do run into things and... And sometimes they fall down just on their own. No laces, no poles, nothing. Just down they go. So it's a little like that with this whole teaching as a science operation. Okay? Because you give the student a task like write five sentences about your dog Skippy they write only two sentences and they're, they say they're done they edit them and you know but it's not five it's only two okay uh oh so do we say then that they did not meet this task's requirements, which would make some number like a two out of five. Uh-oh, that's not passing. Oh, boy. So that goes down somewhere and basically says, uh, this child doesn't understand or know how to write sentences. Somebody could interpret it that way. Two out of five on sentences, writing sentences. Wow. It's an F. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That child most certainly does know how to write sentences. Child also knows how to edit those sentences. Uh Uh-huh. The child didn't write five sentences because child didn't want to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that the child can't or is not competent at doing so. This is where we get into trouble. Because so many kids don't always follow directions. And it doesn't mean that they can't do what they're being asked to do academically. But oh, heaven forbid that we might use any kind of judgment that isn't a number or a letter or 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 a target and now you know there should be targets the target is is five sentences 
but that doesn't mean they can't write those sentences. You see, it's 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 a catch twenty two. There's it's sort of like having the judges locked into m- mandatory sentences, right? Sentencing, not sentences. Anyway, whatever it is, you know. Uh, so automatic ten years for. Um, whatever. I mean, I can't think of it, whatever it might be. But there could be extenuating circumstances, right? This isn't a really good uh, analogy. Because uh, people have a lot of issues around, um, you know, crime and stuff. Anyway, never mind. Okay, scratch that. Uh, but you know what I mean. So, um, right, okay science oh dang it see I went down that rabbit hole and I absolutely can't remember where we oh I know where we're going <laughs> it's a whole different I'm living the, the option the other option that children have besides public school I'm living that one um, internet learning where I have to open a bunch of tabs that and I can't understand what classes I have uh, because they don't make any sense and I have to change their names but if I change their names and I did do that if I change their names in one application or one uh, whatever it is platform I always think a platform and I think um, of a wooden platform but whatever uh, what do you do with that IT you you then have the 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 mixed up numbers and the weird class name in the other apps that don't match the names that you changed in the one app platform won't transfer to the other one because the district just sort of throws them in you know throws them in the way they have them which is gobbledygook numbers msb15 T-W. That's nice. And that's my, you know, three students that I have in that group. The MS1BW, whatever it is. Okay, that's just not, it just, what is going on? Um, so, it will say reading or you know academic support or whatever <laughs> but but it but it doesn't give me any idea like who's in there who who who's in there i don't know let's you know it doesn't say what grade or anyway so then you have to go shift from, you know, the, the other app, then you have to try and change it, or you have to try and add it to the one app, and the, the assignment from the other app that goes in the platform app that, that never mind, it, just, it doesn't matter. And on top of all that, I'm trying to get the kids, well... I found them all, you know, at first when we started this, and they told us, okay, you're going to stay home and do this. It's COVID time. It's the COVID. All right. Um, and I found them all. And uh, 
you know, and then um, some of them stayed around and some of them disappeared. And of course, you know, our counselors are all mad. Because we're not keeping track of them. But here's the thing. We can't see them. You see, you can't keep track of them. I, I, I can't. I don't know where they are. They not be at their house anymore. I don't know. Who knows what's going on? Nobody. Nobody knows. So you can get mad all you want. But we can't see them. And, you know, then, of course, they want you to call the parents, call uh, the guardians, call the angels, call somebody, and find out. Just keep harassing during a pandemic. Harass people during a pandemic. Call them at home during a pandemic where they lost their jobs. Or, like one of my other teachers, a parent has three jobs because her other family member, parent, lost his job. I mean, come on. So, so, so seriously, that that's what we're doing? We're, uh, no, I'm not. I, no, 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 no. This is not how this, I don't, I don't know. See, now, if I were in charge of the world, this would not be happening. But it's, again, it's another thing where, you know, you've got to have everybody doing something every minute of every day and have that organized. And heaven forbid that they might fall behind. They're going to fall behind. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? You know, I'm, I can't, I just, kids aren't like adults, you know. We're the ones that fall behind. From year to year, we are the ones that fall behind. It's not the kids. It's us that fall behind. It's a great example, right? So I, um, I learned, sort of, to drive a recreational vehicle <laughs> um, one summer. And then the next summer, and I had been in, you know, a couple of different ones and a couple of different times, you know. But then, you know, there was a break and I didn't drive a recreational vehicle. Well, then I was supposed to go get one of the recreational vehicles. And it's one I'd driven most, you know, before. And so I get into the garage and I get into the recreational vehicle and I can't remember how to start it. Not only that, I can't remember what gear it's supposed to be in. And not only that, I don't know what the pedal things on the floor are. I can't remember. Can't remember a thing. Is that, is it just gas and go? Hmm. may just be gas and go and... What? I can't remember. Is it supposed to be in a gear? Do, can I start it in a gear? Or just going to lurch forward and run into the Porsche that's in front of it? That'd be bad. I wonder how heavy it is. Maybe I can just push it back. And then... Huh. And then just, you know, just, do, just turn it over just a little bit. Right? See what happens? It... it Maybe put it out of 
gear, but then is that pedal down there the brake or is it the gas and go? I don't just I don't know. Anyhow, that's um, kids don't do that. Kids never do that. I can tell you because when I was a kid, I drove the tractor. I didn't drive it all the time. Drove it occasionally when it was whatever plowing season I don't know, or you know get go do the pasture thing with the oh god what's it called well I can't remember anyway it's the thing you drag behind you in the pasture and it um, moves stuff around it's not plowing or anything it's not for planting it's horses stuff but uh so I never forgot how to drive the tractor or turn it on or which pedals <laughs> you know all right so here's the thing here is the thing kids don't forget stuff very easily adults do yeah yeah so i just want to say that so i need everybody to calm down just calm down. Now, not all kids, right? Okay, see, my coworkers are babbling away on this huge thread thing. Did you hear that? I'm telling you, they're texting in the home. See, but they don't have any trouble with that. Okay, boomer. See, that's what that is. It's a boomer thing. But the one who's texting right now, he's a boomer. Is he a boomer? No, he's not. He's just under. He's an X or whatever. Whatever. Um, okay, so because I'm like the youngest boomer. I'm like the cutoff, which is actually really old. And um, yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. So dang it. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, the teachers are on this large thread and oh right, for remembering things. Oh, they call it regression and recoupment, by the way, which are which is ridiculous. Whatever. So there are different kinds of learners, however, and um, there are people who have short-term memory loss, just like in the movie, um, fifty dates, whatever it is, where every day is a new day. <laughs> I've dated somebody like that. Every day is a new day. It's, I'm, well, okay. In, in the movie, though, the gal has traumatic brain injury that's caused her to have, you know, a memory lapse every day. Or she thinks it's the one day. Yeah, she never goes forward in her memory. Anyway, so there are some issues, I'm sure, where there may be, um, certain students for for whom uh, losing ground may be a real possibility so I don't want to just be flippant about it so it, okay alright but that is not the vast majority let's put it that way so am I going to talk about the date of the guy that every day was a new date the positive thing about people who kind of have this I don't know what it is like it's it's just not tracking 
not keeping things in, in your head from the last time you saw the person or whatever. It's great because I, at first I thought, what is wrong with this person? You remember what was going on yesterday? And you're not still harboring a grudge against me? Nope. New day. Yes! New day! Hooray! Well, I'm not mad either. Good. We'll just keep going. Anyway, it's kind of fun. I don't know if short-term memory or... I don't know what it is. Or was. But... Works for me. Some of us who have... See, that's the other thing. Some of us remember things very clearly. Like actions and people. And some of us remember mechanical things. (laughs) Very clearly. And so... So here it is. That whole scientific thing out the window. Out the window. Because... Just because... I can't remember how to do a mechanical thing. I can tell you I do remember um, a dinner that I had in which everybody... Okay, see, he's still texting. And I think to myself, why are you talking? Is it... Understand, but it's fine. I'm talking right now, so whatever. I'm talking to make a podcast. Okay, so um, anyway, the whole thing about scientific, we remember things. Some people remember things better than others. Some people are going to have issues, you know, remembering how to do something, and some people aren't. And some people need more review than others. And some people don't need review. They just hop right on and keep going. You know, like riding a bicycle. You know, into varied terrain. Here you go. All right. So, um, I think that's it for today. And, um, hope everybody's safe and well. <laughs> yep. Okay. Next time. Oh, it's recording. Wow, sure it is. Okay, so, um, it's summer, and as a teacher in the summertime, um, many, many of us take classes, uh, to further our, uh, education, and to keep other people off our ass, because we have summers. Of course, if you teach in areas where you have year-round school, God help you, uh, then that doesn't apply. But for a lot of us, we have summers and people are jealous and irritated. And if you have a spouse, they're irritated because they're going to work and you're staying home. 
and you know you're staying home because it's your vacation yeah you don't get paid for the months that you don't work funny thing that's how that is and here's the thing many of us take classes to stop the irritation from others. Some people uh, actually take classes because they're interested in furthering their craft. Quite frankly, teaching in and of itself is a learning experience every single year. Uh, Every single minute, every single hour of every day that you are at work with students, their parents, your administration, and uh, various other assorted individuals, oh, counselors, you know, the nurse, I don't know, uh, custodial staff. So anyway, variety of people. It's a learning experience. And if you're reflective, so, uh, which... When I was in school a long time ago to become a teacher, uh, that was one of the things we did quite a bit, was we looked back at how the day had gone, how the last five minutes had gone. Of course, when I subbed for kindergarten, that, uh, yeah, did I already talk about that? Oh, that is the best story ever. Did I talk about kindergartners? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. If I did, well, you know, if you're with me, then just, uh, this is what I tell my friends. Look, if I'm saying, if I'm telling you the same story over again, don't tell me. Just listen or, you know, think about what you're going to buy at the grocery store, whatever. But don't say, you already told me that. Just deal. Alright. So, gosh, I'm in such a good mood. It's probably because of the COVID. I don't have the COVID, I don't think. Of course, who really knows? You know, unless you go get tested. Alright, I'm getting off track. Uh, kindergartners. Was I going to talk about? Yes. Kindergartners. The first kindergarten teacher I met she was a model for Nordstrom's <laughs> and oh no and uh, and I was student she was a really really nice woman um, and I was student teaching and I you know just thought I would observe kindergarten not that I had any interest in doing it a friend of mine was a preschool teacher and she was meant to be a preschool teacher, and, and I never was. I, I never was. And so preschool, kindergarten, close. Not going to happen for me. I wasn't interested. Anyway, so she was a model at Nordstrom's, and when I went to visit her class, it was toward the end of the day, and she had all the kids, she was sitting in a chair, you know, one of the little chairs that they have, and all of the kids were sitting on the floor around her in a circle, and 
she held up a cube, a wooden cube. And she said, what is this, boys and girls? And I thought, uh, it's a block. Could be a cube for some of them. And the kids all just sat and looked at her as she held up the little cube, wooden cube. And and then she, she looks at all of them. She says, well, what shape is it? And uh, the kids all stared at her. And so then she says, well, you can see that there are squares, that this is a square. And I thought, oh, no. I know that this probably isn't a good idea, math and geometry not my gig, but it's probably not a good idea to tell them that a cube is a square, <laughs> but never mind. And it just, you know, and then the kids were like, I know what, one of them said this, I know what it is, it's a nice cube. And I thought, oh, that a cube. that's it. That's using your imagination. And of course, the teacher then looked at him and said, oh, no, no, it's not a nice cube. No, an ice cube would melt. <laughs> it was great. It was really fun to watch. Uh, you know, and that's kind of how it went with that kindergarten class. And then there was another kindergarten class, and I went and visited that one, too. Um, and this teacher was... It was right before the kids came back from lunch, and she was busy putting all the scissors into one basket, and then all of the crayons, and all of the, I mean, she just was busy getting all of these, you know, their baskets she used, um, with materials, and, and, um, you know, stuff for the kids to use. My brain's not thinking. You know what I mean? You know, scissors, glue, all that. And she looks up at me and she's like, oh, this is just, I, the thing about teaching kindergarten, she tells me, is that there's just so much of this organization. It's just, I mean, I could just lose my mind. And I'm like, yep, that, see, this is one of those things right here. I said, yeah, it, uh, that's not, I would not want to do this all the time. She goes, yes, this is all the time, all the time. You know, you're training the kids to put their things back in the right place and, you know, but it's an ongoing lesson. And she looks at me and she's like, and I mean ongoing, like the whole year. <laughs> and, uh, I told her I'd been in the other classroom the other day and, <laughs> And she says, "Oh, what were you, what what uh, what were the children learning?" And I said, "They were learning about a square, which was a block, which was really a cube, I think." And uh, the gal looked at me, and she rolled her eyes and was like, "Oh." And I said, "Well, you know, there weren't any materials, though. She didn't need any materials. She had the only materials she needed." And anyway, we laughed about that. So. Uh, and then the kids came in from lunch, and they all got on the carpet, and then they were given their 
instructions and off they went to put the scissors in the glues basket um, yeah so then I ended up subbing briefly and I ended up subbing in a kindergarten class and I was kind of excited you know was, I'd been teaching for a long time and I'd only really taught older kids for the most part and so I was kind of excited and the only thing I worried about was, okay, I hope it's not anything, like, really crafty. Because my, I, we've talked about this, yeah, like Valentine's Day crafty, things like that. I mean, you know, me thinking I'm mobile with, with solo red cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, cotton string. Or, well, you know, some of the kids just used one of the teachers had flaws but you're right so you know know, you just put things together as you can as you do as you will so I get in there and sure enough it's a giant art project that she wants done with the kids and she has big glue bottles, the runny kind of glue, not the glue sticks, which I thought to myself, this could be, I mean, even me, it, it occurred to me that giant glue bottles probably is a bad idea for kindergartners, right? Wouldn't you want to use glue sticks? Hmm. Later I found out she was a first year teacher and so she took whatever she could find, which of course nobody wanted, the big glue bottles, mm-hmm. Be- because of what happens with them and most kids. Uh, anyway, so they, they come in and they see me, the little ones, and two of them just start to cry, just, you know, just start crying. And I thought, oh. And they wanted their teacher. Well, sure, of course. They wanted their teacher, not me. And I thought, yep, I'd be the same way. So I told them, I said, you know, I'd be upset too. So go ahead, you know, it's okay to cry. And uh, just let me know um, if you want to join in when you're done. We're going to go watch the morning video, which I don't know, was some Sesame Street thing. Which is what I used to do with my fifth graders when one of them cried or, you know, started to lose it. I I would just say, well, it depends. If they were really losing it, then I would say, okay, can you just step out? And, you know, when you're done, just come on back in. Uh, So the same, similar thing with the kindergartners is uh, because what I find mostly with kids is, is that they do, they just... You know, need a little time, they get it together, and they come back. Because they want to join in. They they want, you know, to do what you're doing. It, it does happen that way. Uh, some people go into a lot of talking with kids when they're really upset about what happened and how do you feel. Okay, and, of course, they train you to do that. And Yeah. Anyhow, this has not really been my my way of going about it when kids are really upset. So, so the 
two little boys, they were little boys, um, they cried for a while, and the Sesame Street whatever video was almost done, jump around, I don't know, and then they decided they wanted to join, so that was good. And then they were supposed to have reading time, which I thought, um, reading time, does that mean me read, or they read, or the directions weren't really clear, so I decided that, uh, I would let them choose books, and they could read to each other, Uh and that, you know, went over okay, and then it was time to go outside and play, it was, you know, it seemed to me that, that that was an awfully quick jump around, play with books, go outside, there probably was something in between there that I've forgotten, it was probably another jump around moment, it's very strange. Uh, there was a lot of jump around moments. I think probably just trying to keep them calm so that they don't take all the scissors and put them, you know, in various places around the room. Anyhow, so the art project was for Christmas play. I was horrified. I did find all the materials, but, and she did give directions. The only thing was, you know, kindergartners, um, the whole scissors thing, it's not only where the scissors go, it's using them. Yeah, some of them have trouble with that. And so they were supposed to make reindeer. Well, sure. And uh, they got the trace your hand part, but the cutting it out, many of them cut the reindeer's horns off on accident, and then they, they would cry, some of them, uh, and I, rem- I, this is something I really excel at, and that is, oh no, oh no, 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 not all the reindeer have to have five horns, ah, no way, that would be a moose, right, kind of, anyway, they could just have two, you know, a lot of reindeer just have two horns. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the kids thought that made sense. They've seen pictures. Of course, you know, because some of their parents would shoot and kill deer with horns. Anyway. And so some of the reindeer had you know, whatever, the five, the moose-looking horns. And others had two or three or none. You know, girls, does don't have any horns. So, uh, <laughs> some of you probably know the ending of that. I, I never got asked ever again to sub in that kindergarten. Huh her loss, you know, uh, because she wanted everything to be uniform, because matching is important, I guess, I, it, yeah, that's one of the things about primary, and one of the reasons I avoided it, like the plague, is that there's this, this, 
need for everything to look the same. So the kids want the same looking Santa or whatever. And I remember being in kindergarten and wanting my Santa to look like everybody else's, and of course it didn't. But the teacher then wanted that too, and I knew it. Now, if somebody had said to me, well, your Santa doesn't have a beard. Not all Santas had beards, you know. There could have been a Santa that didn't. How could they always, always have a beard? Maybe they don't like hair. Yeah, right. So, just the whole idea of diversity and that it's okay. Of course, parents sometimes are the ones that then are upset. How come my child's reindeer has no horns? Because it's a girl reindeer. No. I, well, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah. So, kindergarten. Um, yeah, people who teach primary. They're just, uh, it's great. It's just so not me. I, I remember another class that I sat in on, and it was a second grade class, and they were painting. They were painting a refrigerator box because it was going to be their, their um, playhouse in their class. And the teacher spent probably 15 minutes, 15 minutes for second graders, teaching them how many drops of white how many drops of blue, how very important it was to make sure that the drops were exact. Just one drop. One, two, and, and the pressure when we squeeze the bottle. And then how we mix it very carefully. And then when we go up to our painting spot, which is outlined on the floor with you know, painter's tape, where they are to stand, how they are to hold their brush, and in which way they are to paint. Never up and down, always one stroke going one way, one stroke. It was un unbelievable. I sat there thinking to myself, if I were the kid, I would have no idea why we were doing it like that. Why would that even matter? Anyhow, I don't know if I would have thought that at seven, six, uh, but I do know I would have lost the whole train. Where am I supposed to stand? I do know that. Uh, on how many drops of the white and then the blue go in and, um, did she say green? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, see, that would, it would never work out. It would just wouldn't work out for me. Uh, thank God I didn't have her when I was that age but yeah I mean and and she told me later she said well you know I have to be very exact with them otherwise uh, they just make a mess and I thought well but isn't part of it like isn't that subjective a mess for a, a playhouse, a painted playhouse. How could that be a mess? I mean, unless they graffitied it. Uh, or put penises all over, which happened in the middle school, you know, where um, 
chat with those guys. <laughs> Which, you know, probably not. Seven-year-olds probably not going to do that. Um, it's not developmentally where they're at. But anyway, so uh, primary, yeah. Not, not ever. Nope. Not my gag. Okay, so summer. Yep, summer. Summer. And, of course, it's not really much of a summer. And it's not really warm, which I'm okay with, actually. Uh, I'm not going to take any classes. And I uh, should be reading books, um, because everybody is right now about... political landscape that's going on in the world and particularly in the area where I am uh, there's a lot of issues around uh, fairness and safety and which of course has been going on for a long time really uh, just in different guises or with different emphasis, I suppose. But it's all very difficult issues, particularly if you are in a world that teaches kids to polarize, uh, you know, by the whole right and wrong situation instead of you know, helping kids to come to their own decisions around what's right and what's what's wrong. And really, it's all pretty gray. I mean, there are some things that are obvious, right? But a lot of it's pretty gray. But for a lot of people, it's not gray. It's black and white. Well, you know, if you see the world as good and bad, um... And there isn't really any gray, or the gray, you don't want to explore any of the gray areas, then kids and adults pick that up. Um, And it's really hard to help flatten the curve of of flatten the curve of dispute around the best ways to support groups that are chronically underserved as my past students tell me chronically underserved who are also dying of COVID, so black, Hispanic, Native American. And I remind my past students that, who've, who are all very smart now, uh, I'm sure it was because of me, um, kidding. I, <laughs> they were a lot of uh, the ones that are now adults and, and have an interest in, in the landscape 
societal landscape uh, were the ones that drew in permanent marker all over um, the school furniture. <laughs> oh, yep. And that was at a time when I thought, oh, we'll just paint it. Um, yeah. So, plus I deemed it not as important to try and deal with because it was underneath the... They made little... Um, I didn't have refrigerator boxes for them, so they made their own little... Whatever. Their little forts when they had free time. So... <laughs> and permanent markers became really popular for a while. It was the weirdest thing. They were just so popular. <laughs> yep, and gel pens and whatever. I don't know now. So, oh, but fairness, yeah, black and white thinking. Oh, reading, uh, reading books. Uh, it, oh, I know. Chronically underserved. So, when I was in school to be a teacher, we talked about the very things that are coming up right now. When I was in college, we talked about chronically underserved because um, and the disparity. And um, I remember getting into a semi-argument with Frances Fox Piven. It's a long time ago. She was somewhat radical at the time and um, <laughs> she was she was funny uh, and there's some it's a discussion that's been going on for a very long time and it's taken on different um, flavors which people don't want to believe people really want to believe that nothing's been done period and full stop that nothing's been done in terms of trying to support people of color and I think there's a lot of stuff that's been done has it worked? no uh, in part because we believe absolutes that human beings will do this. We've got to put things in compartments. And unfortunately, it's also our system. Uh, our system of goods and services and capitalism that really supports this whole the haves and the have-nots. Of course, we have a hard time hard time categorizing because you know there's a lot of people who believe that you know as a teacher you're part of the working class or the you know the whole working class proletariat I don't know. um anyway I'm not reading any of any of any of it uh because in the summer for me I need to just I've got to chill because it is such a teaching is so uh, emotionally and physically demanding that 
I'm convinced we need summers. And if I only had, like, if I were year-round school, I would lose my mind. If I only had two weeks, the second week, and this happens to me at break, at Christmas break, I finally boom down. I finally relax, and I have to go back to work. (laughs) So... Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm almost at 30 minutes. I've been rambling along. Look at that. How exciting. Okay. Well, I hope you all are good. And uh, I hope you found some of the things funny. That's uh, my aim for you. I also, uh, you know, hopefully somewhat could be thought provoking or you know I could piss people off too who knows hopefully not anyway summertime I'll come back and talk about something else I'll have more stories bye